Good evening, it's Tuesday the 13th of November 2018 and this is the Tuescast for the week. I have made a new recipe. Um, it was for a potato and bean stew. So I wanted to eat a bit more vegetables and it looked really tasty and I just want to learn how to make light but filling tasty food and it was a really simple recipe it was onion and garlic and cumin and I think there was a couple of spices I didn't have so I substituted out sumac I had sumac but I didn't have chili and I didn't want to make it too hot in case I you know wanted the kids to eat it and I made it with some fresh broad beans that my mum had grown and a tin of black beans and I added some zucchini and a tin of tomato and really that was it that and time is all it took and it was really good and I'd like to make a lot more things like that so it was kind of a promising enterprise um I was flicking through my Netflix uh selections I've been um watching the updates about the midterms. I watched the whole thing as it unfolded throughout the day, clicking refresh on my news pages and going, oh, 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 Florida and oh, 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 Texas and oh, no. <laughs> but then in the end, at least the middle of three possible outcomes occurred and the Democrats have taken control of the House of Representatives. Um, so hopefully, but uh, they'll be able to make some progress in the direction of good. Um, the day after the midterms, Trump fired Jeff Sessions, um, which appears to have surprised nobody. I guess I've not been paying enough attention. Um, but he's put this guy in charge of the Mueller investigation who has, like, out, like outwardly said that he doesn't think the Mueller investigation should be funded and or something like that anyway I get all of my updates and chuckles from watching Colbert summarize it for me and those sort of bite-sized chunks and Stevens I like Colbert I can see that he's definitely playing up to his audience now in a way that he wasn't when he was kind of new to his show but um and I often think back to that moment in his interview with Anne Hathaway where Anne Hathaway says that Meryl Streep thinks that Jon Stewart's not going to save America but Stephen Colbert will. And I hope he's living up to that because he's certainly my preferred news source. I've watched a bit of John Oliver but those are only weekly updates and they tend to be quite dense and complicated. And he'll, he's a bit shouty. like he like He's really good, obviously. He's bright and he's funny and everything. But something about... Colbert's, ah, oh, well, let's just go down with the ship together kind of formula that resonates with me. I like it. It's like, it's absurd. And that's um, usually the mood that I'm in to try and digest politics. I heard a couple of fantastic interviews on Radio National today. By chance, I heard a little bit of an author interview, and he was talking about a man who had been in the background of the sacking of Gough Whitlam. He wasn't the Governor-General, he was a man called Barwick. And um, 
this man whose surname I didn't catch, his name was David, I think, um, has written a book about this Barwick person, and I'd really like to read that because um, the way this author was a really articulate, wonderful speaker, and he was talking about how fascinating it was to see to see a person using such skill manipulating politics and and sometimes I really do think that's what people on the progressive side are missing is that sort of deep inner knowledge of the workings of government and you know they'll get you on a technicality and the other interview that I heard was a repeat of last night's late night live Philip why can I never remember his surname Philip Adams, who does the ABC Radio National show that I listen to the repeats of, usually between four and five on my drive home from work. And he was interviewing, I think it was a live panel at a writers' festival or something by the sounds of it, and it was this woman called Helen, no, Kate, Kate something. I didn't, again, I didn't catch her surname, but she had been a, a very active, long-form investigative journalist and I imagine she still is she was talking about the Fairfax Channel 9 merger and she was talking about Eddie Obeid and she'd been sued for libel by Eddie Obeid and I, I I'd sort of forgotten I mean I don't I hadn't really forgotten because I don't really know a lot of that story about the labor power brokers in the Australian Labor Party especially in Sydney like I just sort of assume in the back of my mind that they're all that they're all pretty dirty players, but maybe maybe I should still be on their side. I don't know. I really can't decide. I'm quite drawn to this reason party that Fiona Patton has started because really the sex party was always going to appeal to a fairly limited audience, but the reason party, I don't know. I just I have such hopes that someone's going to emerge to be the new Australian Democrats because I would really like to see a, a powerful middle force holding the balance of power because Liberal and Labor, honestly, they're just, it's like watching two toddlers fight over something and it's annoying. It's annoying that they're not more mature and the swift, swift execution of the Labor leader in New South Wales over sexual harassment sort of just go, look, all of this just adds up to there should be a lot more, I don't know, maybe that's not true. I think oh, there should be more women in parliament, there'd be less sexual harassment. But, you know, power does strange things to all people, not just men. It does strange things to powerful women. And I can't rely on gender to to be, yeah, I suppose a saving grace. can't hide behind my gender, assume that those, you know, that women are going to do the right thing. Anyway, um, I have started reading the book that arrived in the post about how uh, epigenetics and hormone transmission through the female blood into the placenta and then into the uterus and then into the eggs of the uterus, of the fetus that is gestating in the uterus, how that can pass on trauma and... Um, it's just fascinating. Like, so you sort of assume that you are the product of your DNA. Your DNA is replicating using RNA to replicate your genes. And 
and that's how it all works. But apparently there are these, these, these chemicals that can switch the genes on or off and they really sort of help to tailor your emotional and physical responses to the perceived threat. So if you are born to a mother who lived through something like the Blitz or the sacking of a village or something, the trauma, the flight and fl flight or fight response can be embedded in your DNA and you can carry it with you in your body, like a memory, like a, like a, a ripple through time. And I, I find that particularly interesting because the TV show that I have just been binge watching is about time travel and, um, parallel sort of universes and possibilities and um, kind of not so much butterfly effects, it's more practical than that, but it was really, really good. Um, I was looking through my Netflix recommendations um, after watching some Colbert on YouTube and it came up, it wasn't at the top of the list, it was kind of a lot further in. I had to keep clicking before I saw it and then I went, oh, that looks interesting and it was called Dark. And it's a Netflix original and it's entirely in German. And apparently it's the first Netflix original production to be produced in the German language. And um, it's really well made. It has excellent music. It's got a cool kind of um, true detective opening credits coolness. Um, it's got excellent music by a name, a, a guy whose name is very familiar to me, Ben Frost. And I have a really, really strong feeling that he is an Australian, that he's actually someone who has a background in producing soundscapes. And he's familiar to me through instrumental music in Australia. Um, but and, and it wouldn't be completely unthinkable that a person with that kind of interest would have moved to Berlin because actually quite a few soundies from Melbourne and Adelaide and Sydney end up in, in Berlin, or at least they did before Brexit. Now it's a bit less of a draw card, I imagine, because you need something other than just British heritage to get your passport. Don't really know how people are dealing with that. I imagine it's causing some very difficult discussions and thinking. So yeah, that's what I've been doing and thinking about. And um, I'm, I think I had my, really had my hopes up for the midterms and at least I felt like the, the midterms didn't completely support Donald Trump, but they didn't completely reject him either. Um, obviously, there was a huge swell of um, numbers. The voter turnout was really high. Um, there were some massive swings in some really unusual states. But, and then today, this I was reading this, um, I think it was Missouri, this Missouri Republican... Um, member of parliament made an offhand comment like about uh public hangings and um that led me to read a story in the guardian about about the history of missouri and its extraordinary number of public hangings of black people like there was a postcard of a black woman's hanging there were they treat it it's like a it's like a party it's like the idea that people could attend this as a public event is, it's so horrific. I mean, Australia's 
doing some really dirty deeds on Nauru and Manus, but they're keeping the media away from it. This is like the opposite. This is where you go and you have your photograph taken in front of the dead body and you smile for the camera. Like, honestly, who are we? What are we? How, how can humans perpetuate this idea that they're so great when they do these completely obviously awful things. Anyway, we're rolling towards Christmas. I'm really looking forward to a summer break, although I don't like the hot weather. I just, you know, getting a few weeks would be good. Um, I feel a bit flat, I think, after moving and there's just so much to do and looking after small kids isn't easy and I love them very much and I am doing my best. So um, on that note, thank you for listening and take care of yourself. Please do take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday. Wait, 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 wait. There is one more thing. I have a new favourite song. And it is Billie Eilish's When the Party's Over. And I have bought that from iTunes. I have played it over and over again. I have been singing it. And I also watched an amazing video, which is uh, on YouTube. And it's um, the same interview, one year apart. So Vanity Fair did an interview with Billie Eilish when she was 15. I didn't realise she was so young. And then a year later when she's 16 and she's reviewing her answers and she is my new favourite. I love her. I love Billie Eilish. I love when the party's over. I feel a little bit like in a way she represents the point at which music is no longer what I grew up with. So she doesn't seem to have a CD. Like there isn't an album that I can buy. There are just these individual tracks um, and I, for me, who likes to own things, that's kind of weird, but I, I really would like to play this song to my daughter because I think she'd really like it too. It's really good. So the dark, really good. It didn't start with you. Personal trauma, really good book. Still reading my Judy Greer, still learning my, my languages and lately listening to that Billie Eilish song. So yeah, I had to add that. That's the postscript. Okay, bye.